Beth, please share. What are your two truths and one lie? Okay. So when I was visiting New York, I went to the Today Show and was out in the audience and I was able to meet Katie Couric. Another one is that I have shot a hole in one. Or is it that I had commissioned a painting that I and sold? Welcome to a whole lot of shift podcast, the podcast for multi-passionate women with an entrepreneurial spirit, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you shift away from all the shoulds and supposed tos to what's truly possible for you in your business and your life, all on your own terms. You ready, girl? Let's make shift happen. Hey, welcome to another episode of A Whole Lot of Shift. I am so excited to have our guest, Beth Allison, from Within You Coaching as our guest today. So Beth is describes herself as a successful corporate gal who decided it was time to do something that really fulfilled her and created her own business so she could bridge the gap to retirement. And I am so honored to have her as a guest here today. I think you guys are really going to resonate with her message. And for those of you who are on a journey where you're still trying to figure out if it makes more sense to adjust your career until you can build that business that you're trying to start or whatever your journey might look like, I think you're going to be able to relate to Beth and what she has to offer and even a little bit of background on her own story. So, Beth, welcome. So excited to have you. Thanks, Jen. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) So, Beth, I know I kind of just threw that out there, you know, but you and I are are in a a couple of little groups together, so we talk every day. But go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself for the audience who may not get to talk to you a couple times a week like I do. Sure. I am a... A transplant from New England down to Virginia. So now I'm a little further south. And I have come this way through, as you said in the intro, kind of bridging my gap to retirement. So I was in corporate America for 35 years and had the realization that that really wasn't working for me anymore. It had been really good to me. I had a very good career. I enjoyed what I was doing. But at the end of the day, I wasn't necessarily always feeling good about what I was doing. I was good at it, but I wasn't feeling good about it. And so I really took the time. I kind of paused. I stayed working and really started to what I'd say is kind of widen the the blinders and think of different things that I could do. And so through that course of doing that, I thought about a lot of things Um But when I ended up coming back to or what I call four priority fillers so that I could stay focused, and those were that my mom had Alzheimer's and my dad was the primary caregiver. So it was important for me to have more flexibility with my schedule to support them. I was 55 at the time that I was doing this. So retirement wasn't really close, but it wasn't really far. So I still wanted to work and needed to work. I also didn't believe I would retire in Connecticut, that I would go south at some point in time. So whatever I was going to do needed to be mobile. And as I said, I wanted to feel good about what I was 
doing. I wasn't just working for a paycheck. And so through the course of that, I thought of a lot of different things. One of the most fun that I think that I thought about was buying a toy store. And I got so serious about it that I signed a non-disclosure for the financials. And then I brought him back to those four pillars and it wasn't going to provide me more flexibility with my hours because it was retail. And the second was it was brick and mortar. I couldn't up and move it. So I continued searching for what I wanted to do. I stayed very open to things that were going on around me. And one day, Dr. Phil was introducing a life coach. And I said to myself, what the hell is a life coach? And so I was getting ready for my summer vacation. I picked up the guidebook to life coaching. And 10 pages in, I realized that this was what I was supposed to be doing. And so I embarked on the journey of getting my certification for life coaching and starting my business in January of 2020. So I, I, I made that, that big shift out of corporate and I'm a kind of all in kind of person. So I did not do the work and try to grow the business. I really just jumped right in so that I could give the business my all. Mm, a leap of faith and a whole lot of belief. Yes. That's a great way to put it. I like <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay, I want to dig into this story a little bit more because I almost forgot about your story about the toy store. There's there's like that part of me that's like, oh, I so get it. But before we get digging in, before the episode, we were chatting and Beth is going to play along with Two Truths and a Lie. And so I'm so excited. As you guys know, if you haven't played this, played along with us on prior episode, Beth is going to share with us Two Truths and One Lie. And throughout the episode, I'm going to try and see if I can maybe figure out her Two Truths and One Lie. And then at the end of the episode, we will learn what they are. And I hope if you're listening in the audience that you'll also play along. If you're listening to this on a different platform, please feel free to comment with what your thoughts were on or what you thought the answers were with Two Truths and a Lie, because it's super fun. This is a great way that we get to learn a little bit of background on our guests. And so far, we've had an absolute blast with it. So, Beth, please share. What are your two truths and one lie? Okay. So when I was visiting New York, I went to the Today Show and was out in the audience and I was able to meet Katie Couric. Another one is that I have shot a hole in one. Or is it that I had commissioned a painting that I and sold? Mm. Okay. These are interesting. All right. Katie Couric commissioned a painting. Oh, I already forgot what was the second one. Shot a hole in what one. What's the other one? Shot a hole in one. <laughs> totally possible. Like where at? Like what kind of what kind of hole in one are we talking about? Like is this mini golf or is this like Palm Springs? Now here, that. Oh, it was that on a regulation okay. course. It was what? It was on a regulation course, so it was not mini golf. Regulation. Okay, okay, just checking, just checking. I've not all many, right, all right. That one definitely I've done on mini golf, but let's. <laughs> Are you sure? Did you get it through the windmill with like the whole? <laughs> all right, okay, all right. Um, 
Hey, I get pretty serious in mini golf. So I'm kind of, I have a competitive nature myself. So, (laughs) yes. I mean, obviously, I'm a winner. So, you know, there's that. Uh, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I want to dig back into this story just, just a little bit more. Like, so what was it exactly that kind of helped you decide that, hey, you know what, going into a business for myself is definitely the way to go instead of maybe trying to just do another career shift or or something else? I had been laid off twice during my career. And what I found when I was doing was chasing a patient. And I use that with my clients when I'm working with clients who are looking for a career change. And I had already done that twice. I had chased the paycheck. It was so, I needed that paycheck. I needed that security. I needed the health benefits, right? So that's what I chased. When what I found out was the companies were different, but at the end of the day, it was still corporate America. I wasn't in control of what I did. I did have the luxury during my career of being able to kind of create positions and make them the way that I wanted. So I'd been kind of doing this when I look back at my career. I'd kind of already done this. I would take on new roles that had never been before, and I would kind of morph it into what I wanted. And, you know, I thought about going and working for other companies, right? Or when I called downsizing my job so I had more flexibility. And that just didn't appeal to me anymore. I totally get I live in a capitalist, you know, country and companies care about the bottom line. And I appreciate that. That's what business is all about. That was not what I wanted to be doing anymore. And so I wanted some more autonomy. I had always thought about opening or having my own business. It was not in the life coaching realm. It was more of owning an art store, craft store that was simply sold local artisan work. So I'm not somebody who likes to shop, but if you have me go to Martha's Vineyard and walk around in all the little shops, I can lost in those. And so that was kind of the shop I would do. Reality was where I was living wasn't the best place to do that. Economy wasn't great. So I feel that when I retire from coaching, I will probably go and work in one of those, but I won't own it Mm because then I don't have to worry about all the merchandising and all that stuff. I could just enjoy being in that environment. So it really was wanting a different... I kind of say a different life. My life wasn't bad. I just wanted it to be my life and not working 50, 60 hours for somebody else and kind of losing myself. And so it was kind of a way for me to get me back. Yeah. I went, you know, it came up and when I saw my coaching and I read it, the reality was, Jen, that I had been doing that all my life with my friends, my family. I'm like, this is what I do. That even one of my friends, when I told them what I was going to do, which I thought they think that I was crazy. One of my friends, she turned to me, she's like, finally, you figured it out. And I'm like, he didn't tell me. It's like, you had to figure it out. But it was like, that's exactly what you should be doing. So that was some nice real validation from somebody that I you know, close to me and I trusted. So 
That's right? kind of how I find my way here. You know, and I, I so appreciate that too, right? Because I think that for so many people, coaching is, you know, coaching's not mainstream, right? And so it's kind of misunderstood and people are like, what's this coaching thing? And I think now a lot of it really came to light during COVID. Like all of a sudden, I think the exposure rate was amplified during COVID. But I also think that that was because we were all forced to be in the online space because we couldn't necessarily all be out in our communities. Like we simply switched how we got our media, where we were showing up at, how we were connecting. And so then, and you saw people who maybe they experienced a layoff, like you had mentioned during COVID, et cetera. And so the opportunity for them to try and branch out on their own um, was there. And But what a lot of people don't realize is that coaches oftentimes are bringing their prior experiences with them. It's not like not like you wake up one day and you go, you know, I think I'm going to be a life coach. I, I don't normally ever talk to people. I sit behind a computer and write code all day, but I'm going to life coach. I'm I'm joking. But but, you know, they, like there's 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 a little more to that. So I appreciate that you were able to say, hey, what are these skills that I already have that I can bring with me to create something else, something where I'm on my terms. I get to determine my income. I get to determine what I want to do when I want to, what I want to wake up and do every day. Um, oh, that's such an, an amazing feeling. So tell me what, what happened with the toy store? I am a little curious. Well, I, I did all, you know, I signed the non-disclosure. I went and looked at it. I was even to the point of going, well, there's that area, which I'm not a big fan of and they had the toys so it was more kind of like for they had a section of the store which was christening things for new babies clothing and i'm like well i could take that part and create it into like kind of the artsy craftsy thing and then kind of transform it as time went by it was not a small store it was a very large toy store and a friend of mine was going to come along and help me kind of in the the back house of it and help me with it but it really came down to those four pillars and two of them didn't work so it wasn't going to stand on it right and so not knowing it's so funny Jen because those experiences that I had there that four pillars is a tool that I use with my clients now. It's not a tool that I learned in my training, right? It's not one of those. But as you mentioned, I looked at the things that in my career, what was what skills were was I good at? Then the next phase is what did I like of those, right? what really interested me. And when I thought about that, it was the, when I was going through it, I probably wouldn't have said it, the personnel management, coaching, mentoring, people, right? I had a good success rate of when I had put people on performance improvement plans and really worked with them, right? They did the heavy lifting, but I met with them and coached them as to how to bring their performance level up. Those were the th- those were the things that excited me because I saw the personal development 
of the people who worked for me. And so I took not only what I was good at, what I enjoyed, and then thought about what the possibilities were from that. And I take my clients when I'm doing the career coaching side of my business. We use that and from that and what's going on in their lives, create those four pillars. And so that's one part of my coaching business. The other part of my coaching business that you know, which I'm really passionate about, is the caring for loved ones. So those are really kind of the two prongs of where I focus energy. As a coach yourself, you know I can coach on anything but where my heartstrings are and where I like to go. And a lot of that is because of my experience is with a career. And when it doesn't tie back to those four pillars, because as much fun as that was to consider the toy store, Jen, there's not a day that I go, gosh, I wish I bought that toy store because it didn't right. fit into what I saw in, into the future. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a... And it's so important to really think about what not only what is going to help you make the shift out of your current state right? Because you were you were on that path of going, okay, so I want something to change from where I'm at. But also the bigger picture, the longer term picture, and where does this fit in with who I want to be and what I want to do and how I envision my life looking. And then realizing uh, that's that's not going to cut it. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't up, uh, up and move the toy store. So it was... No. It was fun to, you know, I learned... Through that experience, again, I learned more to figuring out what it would end up being. And, you know, I'm glad I didn't negate that opportunity when it, it came to the forefront. I do feel bad because I never sold the toy store and it ended up closing. That I feel bad about. But, yeah. And, it, 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 and again, go that market with all the big box and with Amazon and online world, yeah, it would it would have been a tough, and you know, and not having had retail, you know, management ownership experience, that would have been really hard to. That learning curve would have probably been stiffer than right. it have been. So, and you know, and then of course the pan, you know, hindsight and the pandemic hit, and that would have been. That they just totally really tough. Exactly. Which with what I chose was more adaptable for the pandemic. So things happen for reasons and everything works out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a part of your story is kind of near and dear to me just a little bit because I know that one of the things that helped you when you were looking at those pillars, what impacted what you looked for when you were thinking about your business was where your parents were were at, where your family fit into this journey. And that 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 is near and dear to me because one of the times when I branched out and and left the corporate world and went back the second time, yeah, the second time I went into full-time freelancing was when my own father was sick. And so kind of Tell us a little more about how that helped you. You know, I know that something that you're passionate about is helping caregivers. Tell us a little more about what that work looks like. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's the, it's carry. It's when it's coaching the non-professional caregivers, right? So it's really the family members. And as I had said, my mom had Alzheimer's. And when I was looking to figure out what I wanted to do, it was progressing relatively quickly. And so I would actually be caregiving for my dad, who was doing the primary caregiving for my mom. So not that I didn't do caregiving for my mom. It was a little bit more removed. So my focus was on my dad. And so, and I also believe I went into the coach mode. If I'm going to be honest, a little bit protectively, right? So I wasn't kind of take that different role and not have to be daughter. I went into coach role. But what I would do is, you know, ask him questions. He and I, about every other week, would go out for breakfast. He would have somebody come in and stay with my mom for a few hours. And we'd kind of catch up where things were because my mother was paranoid. So we couldn't really have conversations. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, in her mind also, you know, she wouldn't have been sick if we didn't make her go to the doctors. Right. So it, so over breakfast, we would have conversations and we'd talk about where she was at. And I would also ask my dad, where is he at? Where, where's his level of energy and how is he feeling? And, 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 you know, when should we be making changes? And we did not think it would happen as quickly as it did, but about, so I hung the, the shingle to start my business in January of 2020. I had the grand opening on March 5th, of 2020. And then two weeks later, the pandemic hit. And so we, at that point, we canceled any in-home care that my mom was getting. And so I took over those shifts, so to speak. And so I would go over there. And she ended up falling two weeks after the pandemic started and broke her hip at home. Went to the hospital, had to have surgery. I hope nobody ever has to go and try to find a spot when all the senior care facilities are closing because they can't let anybody in. We did find a bed. We did find a place for her to go to. And after she was in there for a couple of weeks, she broke her other hip, ended up going back into the hospital to have the exact same surgery on the other hip. She made it through that, but it was seven weeks from the day she fell at home, exactly seven weeks until she passed. But what I learned through that, there was a lot I didn't know. Right. I was flying by the seat of my pants, which I think many, many people do. Right. Because a catalyst comes, you don't see it coming, and you're thrust into whatever it is. And so through that journey, I learned how to have difficult conversations with my dad. Right. It came to a point that we had to have those conversations. Um, and we had to have some after she went into the hospital and she didn't want a DNR. And what did that involve? And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I didn't know that that part of that included a feeding tube. Right. And mm-hmm. you learn. So now with that experience mm-hmm. that I've learned, I want to help people who are going through that. And I don't have all, I don't even know all the questions. I'm still learning them, to be totally honest. But I want to help people navigate that, whether you're the daughter of the primary caregiver or you are the primary caregiver, right? What questions should you be asking? 
And I built a, a great resource system around me, people who know the right things. Like, I don't know all the ins and outs of Medicare and Medicaid. And honestly, I don't want to know because then I'd have to stay up on it. And so, but I know, right? right? It's just right. But I know people who are experts in that. So if somebody that I'm coaching isn't sure about what services Medicaid would cover, right, then I have somebody to direct them to. And when I'm coaching them, I'm focusing a lot more on the emotions. They're going to feel guilty. They're going to have resentment. They're going to be frustrated. They're going to feel like they're ill-equipped. All these types of feelings are extremely valid. But it's how do you work with those? And then how do you navigate so you can make the best decisions? So I've got caring continuum for loved ones. And so are they in independent living, assisted living, skilled? And what are all the different things around that that can help with what are those options underneath each of those? areas. I want to make a really tough time, a tough transition easier for people. It's never going to be, but I, I believe I can make them easier. And because of my experiences and the resources that I have built around me to be supportive of my clients as they're navigating that part of their journey. Yeah. It's so much and it is so, it can be so overwhelming and it's difficult to find all the right resources, right? Like it's just, oh man, it's, it, it's like navigating just completely. Here's the thing. It's not uncharted waters, but the way the system's set up, it appears that way. And there aren't a lot of people available to help you navigate through it. Because they don't one of the things that you and I are it comes down to the, Yeah. Get so into it. You don't even know who to talk to, right? And so that's right. where in in what I can do is help them create that plan, right? And so I'm actually going to be rolling out and it will be a curriculum type program, which is talking about what was the catalyst that led to your loved one needing help. And so then what criteria does that require? Or, and by the way, you don't have to be in the situation to work with me. If you know your parents are aging or you know somebody in your family who had been diagnosed with cancer and it has now progressed to that they need or you know that they will need it in the future. They're doing fine right now. But, right, so and it just doesn't have to be Alzheimer's or a dementia for me. It can be any reason. And it could be a child. It doesn't have to be a parent. My story. Oh, that's a, oh, that's a, that's an important one. Right. So say, I don't wish this on your Jen at all, but I know you have a son, your son, gets a diagnosis, has an injury, right, and needs some care, right? Right. But it can be that. It doesn't just have to be the aging parent because you still have to go through what happened, what's the criteria that they need, 
what are the factors? Finances. Nobody likes to talk finances. Oh, right? no. You need, you need to understand the finances of the, the person. Like for me, I need to understand for my dad. So we're now planning. And that's why I say you can plan. He's an independent living. He's doing great. But we're talking to him about what's that next phase? Like when, what kind of catalyst? What is it that we're going to be looking for? And I'll be honest. And I told my dad this. Wanted to have the conversation with my brother as well involved, right? Bringing the whole family into it. Is so that I don't feel as guilty when the time comes for that transition to assisted living. Because I will know he was part of the discussion and the decision. And I pray that he remembers that he was part of it so he's not as mad. Again, making it easier, not easy, less guilty, not guilt-free, right? (laughs) But so I help them with that. And so they can leave the session with me and say, okay, these are the things I need to work on until my next session, right? And I help them with that. I can give a list of resources of people who they could talk to or where to turn. Again, they've got to do the work, right? Because I'm not going to do that for them, but they'll at least know they'll have a roadmap and we'll do it in sections. So it's not all, you know, overwhelm is you had said that one. That's a feeling that everybody has. And so if we can break it down into sections, it makes it more manageable for the client to navigate that. And so that you're, those processes, I believe, help you make informed decisions, not reactive decisions. Yes. There's been some thought behind it. You're still going to question whether you did the things right or wrong. I do that with my mom. I'm like, we did the best that we could with what we had and what we knew at the time. Yeah. Right. Period. Yeah. And I, I think I'll be able to do better or feel less overwhelmed less consumed by all the emotions. There's going to be emotions, but we'll have had a plan and a discussion. Again, none of us have crystal balls. So I can do all this. Unfortunately. Right. Right. We don't have them. I don't know what the catalyst is going to be for my dad. It could be as simple as he just tires too much cleaning his apartment. And so now it's time for him to get either in-home health care, right? That's one of the options. It doesn't mean he has to right. go to assisted living, right? Doesn't. Right. There are options. And that's the other thing. We get so into it in that you just feel you have only one way to go. And yep. you don't. You may, but you'll know whether you have options or not. So that was long-winded. And I apologize for that, but that's kind of... No, it's okay. That I mean, it's... It's a lot. There's a lot of information. What I appreciate in you kind of walking us through that is that you've really created, you've created like, you know, you talked about the pillars when you're talking about a career change and then, but then also the curriculum that you're building for, for the caregivers. And what's become apparent to me is your your clarity in understanding what your what your clients need and the services that you can provide. And I don't want to pick on you, but I am going to pick on you a little bit. 
there's really been a, a very distinct shift for you in your business and how you're approaching these services that you that you provide. And I've I've been able to witness it, which has really been an incredible experience. Talk to us about about the shift in like the last 90 days that you've had, because I feel like I can hear it in in your voice. I can I can see it in in what I see you doing, whether it be in our group programs or just posts on social media. So tell me what what made this big shift of clarity and really showing up in your business in the last 90 days? Yeah, when I talk about the caring for loved one aspect, I am in awe of how many people are in that situation, have been in that situation, and didn't have the help or the assistance of a coach, right? And I see the emotions in the people about it just for when I talk about it. And it fills me up because I know that I can help. And what I've also learned, it's taken me a while to shed, having been in corporate America and the masculine corporate tendencies that I've had. And so really where the shift comes from, Jen, and you are picking on me, but that's okay, is I've become vulnerable. So I've become vulnerable to share my story and um, be open about that to allow people to do that. So I am out speaking more. I'm looking at ways to get out to talk to people who may be in that situation and not just doing it through social media. So on the social media side, I'm still putting stuff out there. It mostly is my personal story, but I believe and I've been told I'm more effective when I speak about it. I think that that just shows people that they aren't alone. For some reason, we don't talk about these things as much, maybe with friends and families, but not as a whole. And even on Thursday night, I attended an Alzheimer's support group, and there were two women that came to that, that myself and a, a senior advocate for people with dementia and an in-home health care woman. We were there and just listening to them. And I, you know, when I introduced myself, this first time I'd been to this group, and I just introduced myself. And they're like, I could hear the sigh that they're like, oh, somebody's been through it. Right. They're not alone. And I don't want people to think they are alone. And I don't, again, I don't have all the answers, but I can help you navigate it. And so I'm just putting myself out there more. And I think that shift is being vulnerable. And I think that there truly is a need. I don't abandon doing the coaching on the career because I'm very passionate about that because of my experience of what I went through when I was figuring out what I wanted to do. I think people don't, they get so caught in chasing the paycheck that they lose sight of the other things. And, but I think that I want, I want to help people. I mean, support them through this. And, uh, so I think that. That is what has been the shift in the last 90 days of me just and putting me out there. Yeah. No, that's so, 
It's so important. Like sometimes we forget in our in our businesses that just being transparent and being vulnerable and sharing um that helps people make the connection to you and especially if you're in any kind of service but you went not just service and i'm thinking i have another friend of mine that that just came to mind as we're as we're sharing this and she recently did open up a brick and mortar retail store, but she has remained that transparent, vulnerable person showing up the same way because she views it that I'm not just doing retail. I am still providing a service. What I am selling is still a service. And when you come from that place, there's a whole shift. There's a shift in your business. There's a shift in in who you are and how you're showing up in both your life and your business. That's so powerful. I I love seeing it on you and I love that I get to witness it with you. So, so keep it up. Okay, so it is time for my favorite part of the show. I know. Okay, two truths and one lie. I, I don't know why I get so excited about this, but because I'm a winner. I love it. You are a winner. Yes, you okay. are. Thank you. <laughs> no, okay, okay. So you had some tells. You had some tells, and I don't even think that you intended to tell, but you had some tells. One of them, here's what I think the tells were. Okay, I'll tell you what I think the tells were. Okay, so I think your truths are that you did sell a piece of art. And I think you did get a hole in one. No, wait, 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 wait. I do actually think you could have met Katie Kirk. Okay. Ooh. Hold, please. It's your show. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> this is this is the beauty of when you run the show. You're stuck. No. Okay, okay. Okay, darn it. I can see all three in a way. Okay, well, then I'm going to have to give up the artwork. But I feel like there was a tell there because you talked about all of the shops and so I can see, okay, I still think you commissioned a piece of artwork. And I think you you got to see Katie Couric. Those are my two truths. You should have gone with your first instinct. <laughs> I thought me like, thinking more about the whole in one would give it away that I buy it. Well, you, I thought you were like regulation. And I'm like, okay, then she had to do it. But then it was like, but wait. Oh, okay. So you got a hole in one. Yep. I couldn't Where? go in though, which was really a bummer. It was up part of it was up the hill. And so I get up there and somebody was practicing on putting green and he goes, it went in. I was like, what? He's like, it's in the hole. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> That's what she said. That's me around the draft. Bye bye. <laughs> the person who gets the only one has to buy the round of drinks. So. And then I, oh my gosh, years ago, neighbors of my brother and sister-in-law knew that I painted and did abstract paintings and commissioned me to do one for their son's room. So, and I've never been, but I've never been in the outside audience. So the Today Show, but. Oh, the Today Show. (laughs) Well, that's too bad because that would have been a blast. That would have been, that would have been. Dang it. Nature's right. Yeah, I should have stuck with my, you know, what is that? They always tell you to go with your first answer. Yep. 
Because you had the tells. The tells were there. I should have just stuck with the tells. Dang it. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's totally cool. Oh my gosh. This has been so much fun. Beth, I, how can, tell me, how can our audience connect with you? Yeah, they can connect with me via email, which is Beth at within you. And that's the letter U coaching.com. Or they can check out my website, which is www.withinyoucoaching.com. Or you can find me on Facebook. Personal page is Beth Allison. I also have the business page within you coaching. So that's where I'm at these days. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, I will be sure to put all of those links into the show notes of the show so that our audience can make sure to connect with you. Then I have one other question. Would you want to, would you want to come into our Facebook group, Whole Lot of Shift and do a coffee chat with us sometime so that, so that we can maybe dig in a little deeper about some of the, some of the fun stuff that we, we started getting into today. Absolutely. Sign me up. Awesome. <laughs> Sign me up. Awesome. Awesome. And for our audience members, if you're not already a member of the Facebook group, a whole lot of shift, please come over and join. That's where we get to have a little more casual conversation and go into a little, a little bit more about our guests and talk about some of the things that we just didn't get to cover in, in the episode. So, and it gives you an opportunity as a member of the group to ask direct questions and really connect with our guests. So I hope that you'll join. Well, Beth, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yes. Um, yes, I can. Oh, I almost forgot. Audience, if you if you were playing along with Two Truths and a Lie, please be sure and share what you thought the answers were. Because obviously I thought I was a winner, but then I was a loser. So, <laughs> so please, please. Play along. Let us know. Leave a comment. Leave a review if you played along and what you thought, what you thought the answers were. And if you also recognize the tells in today's episode, I'd be super curious. All right. Well, I am so glad that you were able to to come on today, Beth. And I can't wait to have you in our in our group for a coffee chat. I look forward to it. This was a lot of fun. So thank you very much for the invite. Awesome. All right, everybody. Until next time, keep making shift happen. Hey, shifters. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of A Whole Lot of Shift. If you heard something today that inspired you or resonated with you, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review to help others as well. Your review helps me give as much motivation and inspiration as I possibly can. And don't forget, you can catch all the outtakes, bonuses, special live stream interviews, and much more over at A Whole Lot of Shift Facebook group. Until next time, keep making shift happen.